Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Alpha Key Digital Podcast. I am Tyler Wetzel, Director of Business Development. And I'm Alex Zinni, the CEO. Did you, uh, did you say, did you finally download iOS 15? I downloaded iOS 15 about 15 minutes before 15, this podcast. There you go, 15, yeah. Um, so you probably haven't really got a chance to look around it yet. I can see it's a little bit different with the notifications, and, you know, I haven't really dove into it too much. But I, I like it. It's, uh, I feel like it's a lot more crisp and clean. Things are consolidated a little bit better, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and... There's actually one cool feature about it that I really like that it's not available here in Ohio yet, but um, states are allowing you to put your driver's license in your Apple wallet mm-hmm. and use that as proof of identification. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so you don't even need your, your license anymore. So you don't even, need, don't even need a physical license. Wow. Now, like things like TSA and stuff will accept it in those states. There's like four states that are doing it right now, and there's a handful of others that are going to start doing it soon. And unfortunately, Ohio's not. Well, it's it's just furthering that technological shift of where you won't even need a wallet someday. Uh, yeah. I mean, I have all of my credit cards in my wallet. Yeah. And uh, I went to Blossom to see a concert a couple weeks ago, and all I had to do was show them my phone. Yeah. You know, and it's... Well, it's like with sporting events and stuff like that, they're doing the same thing, digital tickets. Digital tickets are the way to go. Yeah, but, you know, going back to Apple, I mean... So you could show a cop your your phone with the license on it. I don't know. I'll have to do a little bit more research on that. Hmm. But um, there's probably a way that it verifies that it is real. Yeah. It has to. Um, most cops though anymore. It's if, probably just the numbers. Like you're... if you get most cops anymore, if you get pulled over, like if you don't have your license, it used to be like, well, you have to go present it at some point to show mm-hmm. it. You don't really even have to. I don't think you have to do that anymore because they can just look ticket. it up. They get a ticket though if you don't have it on you. I think. Mm. Don't they add a little charge on there or something? I don't know. If anybody knows, let us know. Yeah, um, let us know in the comments. But I'm pretty sure that if you don't have your license, that they they charge you a couple extra bucks or something. Anything to get some money, right? But oh, you know, going back to Apple, um, you know, they got all these updates. There's always updates going on and. And everything. So, just want to talk a little bit about brand loyalty. I know yeah. the two of us are are big Apple fans. I mean, yeah, I've had Apple since twenty eleven, and I haven't looked back. I, yeah, I probably probably twenty twelve, twenty thirteen for me mm-hmm. um, with an iPhone. I never really had a Mac. I didn't have a MacBook until about two years ago. So, mm-hmm. I was always using, you know. I had a Sony Veo for the longest time, which was good during college. I had a Sony Veo and stuff. You know, it was dependable, but you know, being in the marketing world. Apple is really good for us because its functionality is a lot yeah. better. Yeah, well, it's it's good for front end development and and for development in general and creativity. Yeah. And uh, you know, going back to brand loyalty, I got so I had a BlackBerry, mm-hmm. and then in 2011, I I turned that in and got my first iPhone. Mm-hmm. And then I started college, and all the kids around campus that had the MacBooks, I thought were just like the coolest people. Right. So that made me want to get a MacBook. And then I got a MacBook, and I've had it since 2011. I still have that MacBook. Um, I didn't upgrade it until 2017 or 2018. Is that the one you have now? Yeah, the one I have now is 2018. And uh, I've been really happy with with every Apple product. I mean, I have an Apple Watch. I have the iPad. I have the iPhone. I have the AirPods. I have the MacBook. I even have an iMac Tower at home. I would love to have an iMac. That's probably the next big Apple product for me. Um, have yeah, you seen great. their their headphones though? Those new headphones. Yeah, those headphones are kind of ridiculous. I don't well, know if I'd want to get those. They're too big. They're entering a sphere that I don't think they need to be in though, because they own Beats. Right. So they already have a category of headphones, mm-hmm. but 
I mean, you know that all these influencers and stuff are going to buy You them. know, actually, when they came out with that, you really don't see too many people. That couldn't have been a, a good selling product for them. Yeah, that'd be interesting to see the numbers. Because I haven't yeah. seen too many people at all. Some vlo- I've seen some vloggers and Weren't stuff. Weren't they like that. 500 bucks or something? They were pretty expensive. Yeah, that's kind of like, too much. Yeah. You have to really be a Apple fanboy to do that. I mean, yeah, or get some like amazing deal. Maybe sign up for a phone or something. I don't know. But, I don't know. I mean, Apple's brand loyalty. I mean, when you talk about brand loyalty, Apple has to have... Yeah, they're Pro, up there. They're probably one of the best. Who I would else? Say, Nike. Well, Nike, Coke, Disney, Marvel, you know, which I think is owned by Disney now. So it's the, yeah. those those brands are, I mean, think about Disney, for instance. How many people are just completely obsessed with Disney and they have all the yes. DVDs and the figurines. It's like a cult following sometimes. Cult follow- yeah, it's like a cult following. And it's the same with Apple. It's like there's something about the status of having that little Apple logo, you know, that, that conveys, I mean, they've done studies on this where, uh, people's perceptions of somebody with, with an Apple phone versus an Android mm-hmm. is that they perceive the person with the Apple product to be, you know, higher in social status, probably more wealthier, higher net worth. I thought that when I was in college, you know, when I had an yeah. iPhone, you know, kids walk around with MacBooks and stuff, I'm like, oh my God, how do they have that much money to get right. that? You know, and that's, you know, that's really not a fair assessment. But, you know, and the, the way I look at it, though, and I'm very practical in terms of, like, how I spend my money. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, I had a, I've had a 2011 MacBook Pro. Mm-hmm. You know, I spent, I don't know what it was on it at the time. It was probably, let's say, triple the price of a, you know, a different mm-hmm. uh, laptop. But it they last forever. And you right. don't have to troubleshoot right. it. You're not constantly, like, <laughs> worrying about and viruses and spam and... and all that kind of stuff, and they just work like they're workhorses of machines. Yeah, my um, my dad is like slowly becoming an Apple person as well. He's had an iPad for the longest time. He's had several, and uh, he really likes that. But he's finally thinking about just getting a MacBook as mm-hmm. their like main computer. He's like, oh, well, do I have to get the antivirus software and stuff? I'm like, no. Yeah, you I mean, you can download like some free malware protection if you want to, mm-hmm. but it's not really necessary. Mm-hmm. And honestly, most times when you purchase a MacBook, it comes with several years of um, the protection, you know? And so you really don't need, you know, a knock on wood. I have not had any issues with, with my MacBook, you know, to this point. And, uh, you know, they do create long-lasting products. I mean, there's computers out there you can buy now that are like, 300 400 bucks for but sure it's like they don't last they, they don't last you're constantly troubleshooting them <clears throat> you know and that's the thing is like i i remember like spending so much time on windows like troubleshooting and fixing mm-hmm. things and all these different things and hours and hours and hours doing that and i don't think i've spent more than an hour total maybe two hours total in the last 10 years working on troubleshooting a mac yeah no the only thing that i ever have to like research with my MacBook, it was more so when I first got it, because there's certain, like, nuances of MacBooks that, like, if you don't know, like, the shortcuts and stuff, mm-hmm. or, like, different add-ons and everything, yeah. you know, I had to look that up, and so that took a little bit of time, but now that I, I know it, mm-hmm. it's, like, muscle memory. Yeah, I'm so used to Macs that when I look at, like, a Windows machine, and, <laughs> like, it's, like, what am I even doing? You know, when we got our new keyboards, I was like, what's the yeah. command key? Like, where's what your leg is the Windows button? I'm like, okay, good. I know, yeah, we got some key, we got some uh, Bluetooth keyboards here, and, and they were Logitech, which is, I mean, really a Windows company, but you can tie it into, you can sync it to your, your MacBook, and yeah, it's, it's a little it was, different. It was, it was weird. Did you Learning see, um, 
Did you see the trouble Apple's been having, though, with uh, Epic Games, with Fortnite? Yeah, they've been having issues with them for quite a while. What did they do? Did they kicked them out of their app? They kicked them out. So, so basically, Epic Games, with Fortnite specifically, violated the like terms of agreement. Uh-huh. Basically, if you have a game that has, or any type of app that has in-app purchases, that purchase has to go through Apple. Mm-hmm. And what Epic Games did is they had Fortnite on you know the apple store and then they in the app itself it was the sales were going right through their own part like third party platform okay and so that was a violation of their agreement mm-hmm. and so apple completely removed fortnite's from the apple store so isn't fortnite like the most popular game <laughs> in the world or it's gotta be um, one of the top it's games. probably probably top 10 okay. you know minecraft is big world of warcraft mm-hmm you know stuff like that league of league legends of Le- legends yeah that's... is that also epic games league of legends no that's I, riot i think you know let me look that up i'm not sure um you know blizzard makes world of warcraft yeah um let's see here yeah no it's riot yeah riot makes league of legends but yeah no epic games does not have anything on um the apple store and so they finally fortnite said that you know, finally said that fine, we'll play by your rules. It's still in court, and Apple said we don't care. Mm-hmm. We're gonna, we're not putting you back on until the court rules. And with how the litigation is going, that could be five years. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's it's it, the battle. The real battles right now are being fought between these tech companies. Yeah. And, and Facebook um, and Facebook, Apple. Facebook, Apple, Google, Congress, and Congress is trying to get involved in all these different things. And I really, I'm not really sure how they're gonna. This is all gonna resolve itself. Uh, I don't think that government regulation is gonna be even necessarily possible. But I mean, how can you? How it's... can they? they don't, I don't know if they have the infrastructure to be able to handle, you know, the complexity of the internet. Not to mention the fact that, like, when it comes to data and all that stuff, Google. I mean, we don't even necessarily know Google's algorithms no. completely. They're just best guesses. Yeah, and isn't there? There's been a lot of court cases with with them to release, you know, their how they do their algorithms. Right. You know, and I know that's been a big thing with Facebook as well, especially during election season. Right. Well, did you see that news about Facebook recently, which is that they were giving certain accounts, um, like uh, they certain accounts, certain political people, certain, um, you know, organizations, Facebook was not, they weren't doing their rule, their terms of services and rules with them. So they were allowing them to publish things that were not... You know that they were rules. They were letting them break the rules, I guess. You know? So yeah, they were letting people play by different rule books and yeah. other people. Yeah, that's, and it's like well, at the same time, it's like it's a privately owned, well, publicly traded, but it's a mm-hmm. company, and they can make their it's, own. It's like well, where does so it's like almost like the the argument where does freedom of speech stop? Right. Right. You know, and and it, there are restrictions on those types of things, but Facebook is so widely used mm-hmm. that it's like. There has to be some sort of freedom of speech, but there also has to be, you know, with with COVID and everything, you know, you're trying to prevent the spread of false information. Yeah, which and is that's, huge. Well, and that's where things that seem to get so political lately is yeah. that you know people believe certain things that align with a political party, yeah. and you know if it doesn't match up with their ideals or ideologies, then you know, um, it's it's. It, it becomes difficult for Facebook to regulate that. I mean, think yeah. about it. Like, if people believe, you know, that, you know, for instance, um, 
like the vet, let's just talk about the vaccine real mm-hmm. quick. So like some people believe that the vaccine is, is not safe mm-hmm. and, um, Facebook flags that as, uh, false information, mm-hmm. you know, because they, and they're taking their information from the CDC and the world health organization, mm-hmm. which who says it is safe. So then they flag it, but then, you know, that becomes this whole issue. And I don't know if it's necessarily right or wrong. I don't really know if they should be providing that or if it should be up to the individual to do their own research and determine. Yeah. I think it's also though, like just trying to avoid these crazy conspiracies from leading to harming actual people. Like you, I don't know if you remember Pizzagate. Yeah. Pizzagate right? was during what the Trump Hil- election, Trump Hillary. Trump Hillary, you know, people actually believe that. Right. And you know, it's, it's more so I think trying to stop that from happening, but it, it, it is a gray area. Totally. You know, and, and you know, it's not that difficult to start spreading false information. I mean, as a marketing company, we know how easy it would be to create a website, mm-hmm. you know, and start blogging on it every day and just doing research on topics. Like we can use like SEM rush to do to- like topic research yeah. and figure out what kind of stuff people are looking up and then create inflammatory headlines yeah. and then start spreading all this false info. And how easy is it to just put on a white lab coat? And yeah. get in front of a camera and you just pull some stock images. You just pull some stock images and you throw out all this stuff. And the thing is, you put it on Facebook and then 500,000 people share it, and that's how misinformation gets spread. Yeah, and it's really it's it's scary, you know. And I, I always tell people if you're not sure of something, just take five minutes of your time and research, right? You know, actually like vet something before you're actually trying to share it with a large audience. Right. Well, well then it's even like, then it becomes the question that I hear people say is how can I research? Everything is just lies online. Yeah. And it's like, they don't trust the CDC. They don't trust the world health organization. They don't trust these institutions. So that's, they don't really, some people don't really consider that to be a source. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I definitely see that. It's also, though, they're told by people that they trust. They they trust that information more so than doing the research for themselves. Yeah. You know, and, and that does get a little bit scary. So it's interesting to see, though, how this is going to play out in the next few years. Hopefully, you know, in well, a year or two from now, we're looking back and saying, wow, wasn't that a crazy time? Yeah, you know what? It's such a multidimensional and layered issue mm-hmm. that I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm neither optimistic nor pessimistic about what, how the future of the internet and social media is going to unfold. One of the things, there was a documentary that came out and I can't remember what it's called now, but it was on Netflix. Oh, it was called The Social Dilemma. Oh yeah. And the premise of that movie was, or that documentary was that the use of social media, like YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, you know is what ends up happening is, especially I've noticed this in YouTube, where if you start looking at certain topics or if you start watching certain influencers or if you start doing this or that, it starts to, the algorithm feeds you back more content, more Mm -hmm. videos, more blogs, more stuff that reinforces your opinion. So, you know, like, do you remember like uh, My Perfect Pillow, Mike Lindell? Yeah, so he was, he created this, documentary about how the election was stolen from Trump and you know he ended up being taken to court where he admitted that it was all you know fabricated Mm -hmm. but 
Like what happened? And I have a family member this happened to. He watched that entire video on YouTube, mm -hmm. and then next thing you know, he's getting rec video recommendations from other things to corroborate those views, and it's mm -hmm. all false misinformation that's been proven and admitted by the creators to be false. Yeah. But he's in this echo chamber that's just reinforcing his ideas, and then you know people get lost in that. Yeah. So one of the things that you know what's really interesting, and I tell people to do this all the time. Go in in an incognito browser mm -hmm. and log into YouTube and see what videos show up because yeah. it's going to be totally different mm -hmm. than what you've been searching. Yeah, and it's also it also shows that people need to view things that are their opposing views once in a while. Yeah, you know because if you're only, like you said an echo chamber, it's a, a perfect analogy. If you're only hearing what you want to hear, mm -hmm. it's like. You're not open to the other side of things. Right. There's a, a Facebook post that's going around right now. It's like, I agree and disagree with Democrats. I agree and disagree with Republicans and mm -hmm. stuff like just because that's I'm not a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's, you're allowed to have views that oppose you know different sides of things. Absolutely. And we're so I mean, people are so complicated. I don't. I, I doubt there's anybody that's 100% a Democrat or 100% a Republican. I'm sure. I mean, maybe there. I'm sure that maybe there are, but. Most people are, are more in the middle and can see both sides. Yeah. But that's yeah. not the way it seems to be portrayed on the internet, that's for sure. Going back to um, the social dilemma, it, I, I did enjoy it. However, I think, in my opinion, that what I got of that was it was very... They did present some opposing views, but I feel like it was very one-sided. Very one -sided. It was very doom and gloom and sensationalized, right. yeah. And it's like... Okay, like that is a possibility of social media, mm -hmm. but on the other side, there's so many great things that social media does do. Right. You know, for brands, for small mom and pop stores that thought they might need to close and they started social media advertising and they're successful now. Yeah. You know, and I, I think there's a lot of great things to social media. That's, I almost feel like there should be like classes in high school. Like yeah, for I kids think, on how I think to, eventually to they will. Just like you have to take a driver's license test and you have to learn how to drive. Oh, People man. should learn how to use social media at a young age. Can you imagine getting tested and not being able to go on social media if you if you couldn't pass the test? Yeah, I mean, think about that though. Like for instance, like if you can't obey the rules on the road, you're going to get injured. And it's right. really the same thing on social media. I mean, think about how many people. Um, they use it and they have self-esteem issues, they have body yeah. issues, they have, you know, especially for the younger kids who are in their mm -hmm. teens, you know, they never get to turn off. Like I remember I would go to, I would go to school and I would go home and I wouldn't hear from people or see them because I'm not on social. We didn't have social media like that back mm -hmm. then. Well, now it's constant with Snapchat and Instagram and, you know, they're constantly in contact with each other. And I think that that can create it, it seems to be creating some problems yeah no it, it it really is and that also goes to show that you know we do need to help these kids more so with the mental health yeah i mean that's a whole that's a whole topic but i mean mental health issues you know a lot of it can stem from social media well and going back to apple and ios is there with this new update what they're what they're saying they can do based off of your usage of the phone they can they they want to start diagnosing mental health yes issues yeah. Because based off of how you use your phone, and I've been saying this for a long time, your search history, your usage of this stuff, it's just an extension of your mind. Yeah. You know, so I can see how they could look at your search history, what websites you view, what videos you watch, and come up with a diagnosis of depression or whatever. Yeah. And no, I think uh, that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. It's it's almost, I mean, I, I in a way, I think that's a good thing. And I, I think for parents, 
especially with younger kids and stuff, having a feature like that where they can get reports on stuff like that, I, I think it's a good thing, mm-hmm. honestly, you know, and I, I think it would it would really help, you know, especially if kids need to go to therapy or, or stuff like that to share with therapists. I mean, that becomes a whole privacy issue as well, though, but I, it's interesting. Well, I don't know if anything is either really good or bad. Like, mm-hmm. I often think of that Shakespeare quote that uh, nothing is neither good nor bad, thinking makes it so. So it's our it's it's it is what it is. It's a tool. Yeah. It's just about how we're going to use it, and I think there's some great benefits to it. Absolutely. Yeah. No. When I yeah when I saw that on the info for iOS 15, I was like, that's that's interesting. That's the fact that they're using facial expressions and stuff like that, which means you have to have a, a newer type of iPhone. You know, you can't have one that still has fingerprints. Right. You know, you'd have to have a newer version. But yeah, and it's you know it, it's I mean. Wearable tech too, like the new watches, they're able to do your blood pressure. It's able to do your heart rate, EKG. So it's, you know, physical and mental wellness and Apple seems to be that's their the next frontier for them. So there was a a really cool video I watched you know a long time ago about evolution, and you know the question is like, oh, how much more can humans evolve? And with how much technology we have today, you almost could say that's the next extension of evolution yeah. is the technology. I mean, we wear it. It's connected to us all the time. I mean, that's almost like the next level of mm-hmm. you know human evolution. And the fact that there's things now you can wear on your wrist that reports to your phone mm-hmm. on your blood pressure. It could tell you if you might be having a heart attack. You know, during Browns games, if I clapped too hard, it's like, did you fall? I'm yeah. like, no, no. Yeah. But I like, but like, you know, it's so it's funny, and it's it's interesting to see how far technology has come. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Well, and I, I'm looking at the the definition here of cyborg, which is Cy- an interesting yeah. word, but it's kind of like you know, it's a person whose physical abilities are extended beyond normal human limitations by mechanical elements built into the body. I mean, it's you're really not that far from no, it. No, I, I really don't. Th- I think that is within our lifetime. And I was also, so a lot of this research that's come from, you know, this vaccine, uh, the COVID vaccine, they've also determined that within like, you know, eight to 15 years, they think they're going to be able to extend the human lifespan well into 200 years because of you know their ability to because our cells regenerate and die completely every seven years and they're Mm -hmm. regenerated but there was some sort of research they were doing that showed that they were able to re-inject young cells into people to reverse the aging process they're almost that that becomes like an ethical sort of debate yeah i mean i'm not going to be the first one signed up to do it no 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 thanks you know maybe if i'm like already like 100 which god if i make it that long but (laughs) Um, not to be more I remember my uncle saying not too long ago he's like well, I don't even, why would you want to even live to be 92 or 95 I mean I think for for my curious mind seeing how far the human race will be able to come in those extra 100 years 120 years that you know you might not have normally lived today or 50 60 years ago you know that's the interesting thing to see it's like you know especially like space travel and stuff like that it's like I would love to see, like, you know, humans land on Mars, which I think will happen in our lifetime. But, like, you know, colonization of planet, Like, that's the whole thing. Yeah. Do you think that uh, if you were offered the uh, opportunity to go up in space, would you do it? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Unless I'm some rich, filthy billionaire, then no. (laughs) Yeah, because you you would spend your money on other people. Yeah. No, if I had the opportunity to space travel, yeah, absolutely. Mm Mm-hmm. I that's one thing I've always been fascinated with is this space stuff. But yeah, 
you know, it's interesting. We know more about our space than we know about our own ocean. Absolutely. Isn't that we know more about space than we know about even like human consciousness. It's, it's so bizarre. Yeah. So it's interesting. So, yeah, but I feel like, um, when it comes to, you know, space travel that, you know, we made such, we made so many remarkable breakthroughs recently just with SpaceX. I mean, being able to land a rocket mm-hmm. was completely unthinkable mm-hmm. 10 years ago. Yeah. So who knows what the next 10 years will hold? I mean, it's all about the injection of funding and, you know, research and time. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the thing with science. It takes time. Um, you know, look at us, a marketing podcast talking about space travel. You yeah. never know what you're going to get with us. No, you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. And it's all, you know, it's all tied back into really technology and yeah. innovation. Absolutely. You know, so going back to like the social dilemma, though, one thing I didn't like about that movie is kind of what you touched upon was that it was basically painting the picture mm-hmm. that social media is going to ruin humanity. Mm-hmm. And I just don't agree with that premise at all. No, it's not. It's really... It opens many people's viewpoints to things that they would never have considered yeah. or known about if it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, gone are the days of needing a phone book to look up the local pizzeria, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, you know, and that's a good thing for that's commerce. That's yeah. a good thing for, you know, just small business in general to be able to succeed. I mean, if you're a business starting out today, there's like three, there are two things that you do first, right? After you get everything set up, right? Mm-hmm is you need a website mm-hmm. and you need a social media presence. Yep, and, you, and Google. And Google, right. So those are those three things. If you're not doing those three things when you're starting a business, call us. Yeah, that's what, <laughs> you that's know? what we help people with all the seriously. time. You know? like, seriously. It's, it's so important to have, to be found accurately on maps, to have reviews, yeah. to have the phone number right, real readily available, to have a website, mobile responsive website that shows up great on all devices and is easy to use. And then social media is just a great tool for anybody. Well, and then also just speaking to our experience as well. I mean, we both come from a Chamber of Commerce background. So we understand, you know, how important small business is to, you know, the success of, you know, municipalities. It is the life, it's, small business is the lifeblood of any economy. Absolutely. Opinion. Absolutely. And that's, we, I, knew, I know me personally, and I think I could speak with you on this, but seeing small businesses succeed, you know, from your help. You know, even though you're being benefited monetarily, like seeing them succeed because of something that you did, it's just, it's very rewarding. It's, it's very gratifying when people see the results that we can, you know, we can get them just from having some basic digital marketing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, if if you haven't updated your website in six or seven years, I mean, you're, I mean, even three or four years at this point, it changes so fast. Yes. And so, and that's something that we can really help with. Yeah. You know, making sure everything looks good online on on an iPhone, Android, Tablet, computer, yep. desktop, you know, even a, a TV, you know, it's being streamed onto a TV. Even like by the time you guys are listening to this podcast, we'll have launched one of the new sites that we just worked on, which is yeah. Deepwood Industries. Yes. So deepwoodindustries.com, you can check that out and let us know what you think. That is uh, our newest website creation. And yeah. uh, it's it's been wonderful working with uh, Chris Trombley over there and, and uh, you know, creating their new websites so. yeah so and if you are a dog owner their imagination program they sell dog treats that the guys actually make at their facility yeah and both of our dogs loved them my do- aries my dog just absolutely loves those yes, things. and dusty and lucy both love them as yeah. well so um you know they're they're great and it goes to a great cause um i would definitely recommend you look to what deepwood does and if you are a small business that might need some help, you know, with odds and ends, small jobs type stuff, 
um, you know, get in uh, contact with Chris Trombley and, you know, see how they can help you out because you're really helping out um, a group of people that are hard workers, you know, and, and people don't give them a chance. And, yeah. you know, I would definitely recommend that we here, you know, have that a worker from Deepwood come and help us out with some stuff around the office. So Yeah, they clean, uh, he, you know, they do a great job cleaning, mm-hmm. uh, you know, vacuuming and, and dusting and, and, yeah. and cleaning the restroom. So. They've been wonderful to to have here, and uh, you know, Deepwood. Going back to the chamber thing, I mean, I met Chris through the chamber, and uh, you know, I always tell people to join their ch- local chambers of commerce yes. because it's so important to have that face to face and that connection in the business community, especially for us. I mean, we're B two B company, mm-hmm. so the chamber is great. Uh, even B two Cs can benefit, though. Absolutely, I mean. You don't know who is connected to somebody that might need your services. You never know. And just the general awareness out there. For instance, like that, uh, um, what's that shop in downtown Willoughby? Yogi's Closet. Mm -hmm. You know, like her joining the chamber brought awareness to that. And I'm sure, you know, like myself included, went to go check it out after. Mm -hmm. And I would never have probably gone in there without being a a member of the chamber. And that's a perfect example of B2C. Well, there's also when Stephanie and I are looking to, to go to dinner... I would oftentimes, if we're picking between two places, I'd be like, well, this one's a chamber member, this one's not. Karen so, trained you well. Yes, yes, that's that's just how I that's how I am. Yeah, that's a good way to be, too, because, I mean, you know, we support each other. I'm going to, if a small business isn't part of the chamber, you know, I'm not going to not Yeah, it's not support like you them. wouldn't support them. But. but, you know, I understand how important the chamber of commerce is to small business, Yeah, you know, and it's nice even seeing the larger businesses, Lubrizol, Lake Health, stuff like that sponsoring stuff because they know the importance of it as well no doubt no doubt so. yeah i think that that uh if there's one one takeaway that i got from the chambers of commerce especially being we're in a tech field mm-hmm. and a lot of people in the tech field aren't necessarily you know super personable or interested right. in going out and meeting and networking and all that but i would definitely urge people to go out there and do it because the face-to-face connections are so valuable yeah no it, it really is and I mean, you get to meet so many people, they trust you, you know, and like I said, you know, I'm more willing to patronize a chamber member. I mean, I feel like a lot of people in the chamber say the same thing. Yeah. You know, when they're thinking about getting, you know, their roof done, they're going to look at chamber members first. Yeah. You know, and it creates so many great connections for you. And really, if you join and don't get anything out of it, it's 90% of the time because you did take advantage of it. Oh, yeah. You, you just, just like I'm a firm believer in this, just about anything in life, you get out of it what you put in. Yeah. So with the same is true with the chamber. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So what kind of stuff do you have going on this weekend, Tyler? Well, honestly, not a lot. We got some fall weather finally. Yeah. You know, and... and uh, you watch the Browns? Watch the Browns. Watch Ohio State. Who are they playing, the Browns? The Browns are playing the Chicago Bears. They okay. will be starting Justin Fields. Ah. His first career start. So it'll be interesting to see that. Um, but yeah, really just chill. Probably going to do some cleaning. You know, there you go. Get vacuuming. You know, all the dog fur out of the carpet. Yeah, I know how that is. I have it's, a Siberian Husky and yes, he likes to shed a little bit. Yes. <laughs> so you playing any shows this weekend? Got anything going on? Yeah, we're playing. So Apostle Jones, the band that I'm playing in, shout out to Mikey Silas. He just won uh, Cleveland Scene Magazine awesome. Vocalist of the Year. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so he got the Vocalist of the Year and our band came in, I think, third, third or fourth top five bands in Cleveland. So they're generating a little bit of a buzz. We played last weekend at the Heights Music Hop, and we had a nice crowd. And this weekend we're playing at the Academy Tavern, which I believe is in Lakewood. 
and it's going to be a costume party. So oh, geez. I know that'll be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm not. I don't know what I'm going to be going as. Just just shave your head bare to the bald and be Mr. Clean. Mr. Clean. Yeah, I'll start doing that. I better start yeah. lifting weights too. Then. Oh yeah, true. But uh, but yeah, that's it. So. All right, guys, we want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Alpha Key Digital Podcast. We are taking emails, so if you have any questions, we'll, we'll read them on air. Uh, we'll start doing that soon. We're going to have guests on this podcast in the future as well. My email is alex at alphakeydigital.com, and Tyler's is? Tyler at alphakeydigital.com. And really, if you can just you know share this with a friend, follow the channel on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, so that you get notified when new episodes are posted. You know, we'll always share on social media, but if you do that, you'll automatically get notified and it'll put it to your library. So we would really appreciate that if you could do that. All right, guys. Thanks, and have a good one. Peace out. Bye.